You are now listening to The Sound of Sanity. This sound will continue for the duration of the program. Sound of Sanity. This is Nathan Oberson, your humble and obedient host. I'm joined by Pastor Jacob Menzel. How are you doing today, Jake? Feeling fit, man. That's right. I'm feeling, I'm ready to feel the burn of, of great content like we like to provide on our show. And over there, we've got our b- beloved engineer. Speaking of fit, Mr. Mr. Universe himself, Benjamin Solzer. How are you doing, Ben? Good, Nathan. Today, we are talking about physical fitness, specifically as it pertains to the male of the species that we call humanity. I like to call it mankind, in fact. And uh, it's more manly. That's more manly. Exactly. This is going to be a very manly episode as we talk about strength and physical fitness in men. Yeah. So we like to to talk about or to say, or maybe you've heard people say God made men in particular to be strong. Part of the question I think we're trying to ask today is, should men cultivate that strength? Is that a good thing? Is that something that's necessary? Or maybe the nastier way to put it is, am I sinning? Am I doing something wrong? Am I failing? Am I not living up to my manhood if I don't work if, out? If I if don't... I'm physically weak. To what degree, if any, is physical strength intrinsic to manliness necessary and something to be cultivated? So the Washington Post did an article a couple weeks ago or a week or so ago citing this study that Ben has got pulled up for us. The study basically says that over the last 30 years, male grip strength has dropped tremendously. How much has it dropped, Ben? It's dropped from 117 pounds to 98 pounds among guys who were ages 20 to 34. So back in 1985, you know, your dad or whoever could grip at 117 pounds, but you can only grip at 98 pounds you on weasel. average. So if you're so over the last 30 years, it's uh, it's dropped 20 pounds per square inch in average male grip strength. All the factors and the studies aren't identical and stuff like that, but still that's a significant drop in grip strength. Yeah. Well, and the poll quote from the article or maybe the poll the poll thought from the th- the whole thing was the average 18-year-old college male has the grip strength of a 30-year-old lady. That's right. So they did grip strength tests of women and it's women in their uh, about the age of 30 have the same grip strength as men about the age of 18 to 20. So if you are a college student and you are a man and you are an average man, you have the same grip strength as my wife. (laughs) And that's what got us talking about this. (laughs) And we thought that was kind of a problem. I mean, let's put our cards on the table as if anyone was in any doubt. This podcast, Warhorn Media in general... If you were going to put us in a camp, you'd say the conservative Christian camp, I suppose. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you would say um, that. <laughs> I, I think that's... No supposing about it. I think that's where most people would probably categorize us. And, and so you can probably guess we were not very impressed with these 18-year-old <laughs> <laughs> males uh, in, this, in this study. Fair. I would say that's fair. There may have been some mocking comments made. <laughs> <laughs> Who your wife could apparently arm wrestle under the table. or uh, I just don't know how that's possible. Like, I'm not trying to say my wife in particular. My wife's pretty strong, but... Yeah, like, I'm, you know, I mean, if people know me, I, I'm, you know, I've traditionally been a, a Cheeto-eating whale slob person guy thing, and my grip strength's always been more than most ladies without the point is without trying very hard it was weird to me to think that 
Like, what do you do? How it, many? It seems like you have to intentionally try to cultivate physical weakness. How like much? To, how many video games do you have to play while sitting there even eating video butter? Games, man. Yeah, like, you're, <laughs> really. <laughs> um. <laughs> the fact is, it jives with a lot of stuff that you see in the news nowadays about decline of testosterone in men. There are studies about that, and most of those studies indicate that testosterone levels in men have been falling over the last however many years. There are also studies, you know, they're sort of on the edge, just sort of evaluating things like sperm quality in men. And then there's all this other neuroscience that's coming out and has been coming out for a while now, uh, talking about mental health, brain health, and emotional health, and tying it all very much to exercise, to physical fitness, and even, uh, in a, especially for men, tying it to, to strength training, the ability to push and pull and lift heavy weight. So not just aerobic, runny kind of... Not just aerobic, runny kind of stuff, but actually pull, push, lift heavy weights. And so they, 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 you know, they use strength training as a metric here, but it wouldn't have to be that. It would just have to be regularly pushing around heavy weight and the benefits that that has on the human brain and specifically the male brain in terms of memory, IQ, problem solving skills, stuff like that. And so as we're seeing a decline in strength and a decline in testosterone levels, and those are all just sort of factors at play here. Right. But you know, speaking of a decline in masculinity, I'll tell you one place where it's not declining, and that's on Sound of Sanity, that's which, right. which is why I think it's time for one of our favorite segments that we've never done before, which is called He-Manologians. Jordan Peterson has left the building. You don't like cold hands? Put on some mittens. Maybe next time help Grandma cross the street instead of socking her in the face. Time to spin the lazy Susan of justice. Oh, we thought we were going to have a tea party, but it's a dinosaur. And I said, that's not hot mustard. This is hot mustard. Most mature trees are taller than people. A woman making an omelet is not the same thing as a duck. If you don't like cold feet, don't go barefoot in the snow. Hey, welcome to He-Manologians. We've got Jake the Man Mensel over there. <laughs> and we got Ben the Bull Solzer. What's up? And my name is Nathan Caliber Gun. It sounds like my last name, Alberson, but it's Caliber Gun. Two gun-related words because guns are manly. Jake, what are you drinking today, my friend? Jack on the Rock. Jack on the Rock. And Benjamin? Also some Jack on the Rocks, but real rocks. Calcium carbonate from ground limestone kind of rocks. Calcium carbonate! The reason I'm only drinking Jack on rocks like people would normally mean, like on ice, is because right. I needed a nice, refreshing drink because I was just getting jacked in the gym doing my bench press. Well, I wasn't really up to squat before I took a drink, except that I was up to squat, <laughs> like several hundred squats. What are you smoking today, bro? I'm smoking my pipe here. I've got Prince Albert in the can. <laughs> Prince Albert could never get out of the can when I was around. I just want to reiterate that I have a pipe. <laughs> I'll be biting the heads off of these chickens. That's right. I bite the heads off chickens. It's manly. <laughs> but you know what's unmanly about what you do? 
you spit it out. I used to bite the tails off scorpions. Well, guys, how much, Calvin, have you been deadlifting? First, I get up in the morning and I loosen up by reading a whole volume of Calvin sermons, right? It's like stretching my calisthenics. Whole entire- Calvinisthenics, you mean? Yes, my Calvinisthenics. <laughs> I gave up Calvin because I discovered B.B. Warfield. And I also took my B.B. gun and shot the windows out of Joel Osteen's house. <laughs> So, guys, what did you think about that expedition we took last week to outer space? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was pretty amazing, except you were really lame for wearing a space suit. Well, that alien thing was shooting, like, acid stuff. I didn't want that on my skin, man. I took it like a man in space. (laughs) That's right. We're space explorers. (laughs) It's manly. Well, that was uh, that was quite the uh, little episode of Hemanologians, there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, are we we ever manly. So, what what what, what are we saying? Let's 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 make a okay, so thesis statement about this. So, we established what? that grip strength among males it sucks. <laughs> it's not good. It's not as good as and your, that's a problem. Not as good as daddy used to be. And Jake uh, says it's a problem. Is that's a problem. Men should not, in fact, be physically weaker than women. Or uh, on the average, the average man should not be have the same grip strength or less than the average woman. Just should not be. I'll throw that out there. And the problem is connected to the feminization of our culture, and men need to have stronger grip strengths. Yeah, I mean, I really think that's just... Oh, uh, well, maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong, because what do you know? It gets earlier every episode. The devil's advocacy alarm. Ben, what is the devil's advocacy alarm? Well, Nathan, the DAA is the alarm that tells us that apparently... Someone could make a case against what we said. Someone could make a case. And then someone does. Someone. From among our own ranks. uh, From among our own ranks. A traitor. A Benedict Arnold. Arnold. Maybe it should be the Benedict Arnold alarm. That sounds too much like my name. Ben. Benedict. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) That's why we're not doing it. All right. Well, who's going to be the devil? It can't be Ben. He's Mr. Universe. That's right. Can't beat Jake. He's Mr. What's bigger than the universe? The universe is pretty big. <laughs> it seems to include everything. He's Mr. Galaxy. Cosmos. Is a galaxy galaxies better? Are no. Many galaxies in the universe. Well, Jake's like one of the stars of the show. We can't have him be smaller. I'm downgrading Ben to Mr. World. Uh, and you can be, right. Jake can be Mr. Universe. All right. There we go. Um, I'll do it. And I'm going to take my job as the devil very seriously today. Here's the thing. You guys are making some very Jordan Peterson-esque, if I may coin a phrase, Jordan Peterson-esque generalizations about manliness, which sound good. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners, especially the more conservative Christian types, are on board with you. Oh, yeah, of course, man, men should be strong, whatever. But what you're really doing is you're generalizing. You're just generalizing. And when I think about... Sure. Go back a hundred years. A lot of guys had to work on the farms. A lot of men had to bear the brunt of physical labor. And there are still men that build our bridges, still men that defend our country, still men that do things that we think of as being traditionally masculine. And of course, those men should have broad shoulders. Of course, they should have strong arms. Of course, they should be expected to be physically fit to be able to do their job. But the fact is, we actually do live in a technocracy. Is that how you say that word? Yep. Technocracy. 
these 18-year-old guys going into college, some of them might be becoming doctors, some of them might be becoming lawyers, some of them might be doing a lot of things, and those things aren't bad. The fact is, you, we just live in a world where you don't necessarily always have to be physically fit. And I submit to you that a man can, in fact, be a good man, do the things that a man biblically is supposed to do without having a real ripped shoulders, without having real strong arms. What's a man supposed to do? He's supposed to, we could probably all agree, he's supposed to take responsibility. He's supposed to provide for his wife and his children. He's supposed to do these kinds of things. I'm not arguing against any of that, but what if you're a computer programmer? What if that's what you're, what, what God has given you to do? Now, you could spend a lot of time at the gym, time that perhaps is better spent learning to be a better computer programmer so that you can better provide for your family, so that you can make a good wage, so that you can give a better tithe to your church, so that you can actually do the things. In other words, it's, it's very easy to make these broad generalizations, but when we actually start thinking about who these guys are in, in particular, they could all, I submit to you that every one of them could have a good reason for not having a great grip strength, and it could just have to do with what God has for them in their life. I think you, the burden of proof is on you to prove to me that grip strength has anything to do with godliness, because really, when you think about it, the Bible doesn't say a lot about physical fitness. The people always like to quote 1 Timothy 4.8, For bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things, since it holds the promise for the present life. And you see there it says, of little profit. People like to say, okay, you see, it doesn't say it's of no profit. It says it's of a little profit, so we should take care of ourselves, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is, most of the time, when you see the scripture mention things about physical fitness, it actually is in that realm. You know, we beat our bodies so that we can run really fast. This is what athletes do. This is how you should apply that to godliness. Usually, it's sort of dismissively talking about it on its way to making a broader spiritual point. So I submit to you that if a man's first love is for God, if his first love is to serve his church, if his first love is to serve his family, he may very well in modern America live a life where that doesn't involve great grip strength, that doesn't involve great physical fitness, and that's fine if he's doing the things that God has called him to do. Okay, so a couple of things about everything that you just said. First, I am not going to argue that men need to have big, rippling Chris Hemsworth shoulders. I am arguing for a baseline level of strength among men that is superior to a baseline level of strength among women. If, if that in general isn't true, then there is a problem because God did make us a certain way. You, you mentioned a couple of things. You, you mentioned the passage in 1 Timothy 4.8. You alluded to passages where the Apostle Paul is making reference to running the race and beating my body into submission. And I don't box like I'm boxing at the air. All of those statements and analogies are made with a basic assumption behind them that everybody knows what that is, that that training is, in fact, of some value. And so you look at a guy like the Apostle Paul's life, and he's downplaying physical training, maybe, but the Apostle Paul was also a guy who was a very active man. He walked uh, the whole Mediterranean Sea. <laughs> he walked all the, everywhere he went. He was a tent maker for a living. Th the fact is, strength, baseline masculine strength was something that men could acquire and have in an incidental way. It, the, their lives required it of them. And you're right, we live in a technocracy now, and that's changed. So maybe, all I'm saying is maybe men should 
approach physical strength in an intentional way. But here's the thing about that, Jake. Let's take you as an example. Now, you actually do happen to be a somewhat physically fit guy, but your job doesn't require that of you. Your job requires you to preach. It requires you to podcast. It requires you to help the people of God. It requires you to think. If you were spending too much time in the gym, you might actually be robbing God and his people. I don't think you can argue that he, I'm just going to keep being the devil here in case that's (laughs) not clear. Um, The Apostle Paul, what I think we see there, or what you could definitely make a case we see there, is that here's a guy that really doesn't care about his body at all. He's willing to let it get shipwrecked. He's willing to let it get his feet get broken as he walks the whole Mediterranean. As you put it, he is doing God's work. And so it just doesn't matter to him. Yeah, um, but if And if you're took, doing good God's work, maybe it just doesn't matter to you either. Yeah. But so, you know, you keep piling on points and I can't respond to each of them uh, if you keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it sounds really great what you're saying, but I'm not arguing that we go and we spend hours and hours being vain in the gym. So what are you I'm saying? I'm arguing, like I said before, for just baseline level strength. If you take one of these 18 year old college students who has no more grip strength than a 30 year old woman and tell him your job is not computer programming, it's to go around the Mediterranean and get shipwrecked and not care about your body, he's going to drown. He's not going to make it to the next city. Yeah, but it's easy to, you know, be Jordan Peterson and, and talk in these big generalizations. The fact is most of us aren't going to be called to traverse the Mediterranean, to fight pirates, to get shipwrecked. Fine. And the fact is, I would even go so far as to argue that the average 30-year-old woman Your wife, for example, has seven kids that she takes care of. She often has a baby in one arm or something like that. Uh, She's doing different things. It makes sense that your wife would have strong arms because that's the job that God's given her to do. Now, if you, as her husband, your job happens to be to preach, to write, to be on your computer, to be talking into a microphone, maybe your arms won't be that strong. And we can bemoan that fact, or we can just admit that people, God calls people to different things, and let's just be humble and do the things he's called us to do. What does it matter? It's a really high-handed thing to come and say that we just need to be humble about this. Uh, it's just a very high-handed and unfair way of arguing. I'm not calling for anybody to be proud about anything. So that's just you being nasty. The fact is God made men to be stronger than women, and you can, in fact, generalize about that. God, in fact, made men to till the earth and to subdue the earth. And you can generalize about that because God does in Genesis. You can generalize about the fact that men are supposed to work and to sweat and to work by the sweat of their brow because that's the curse on all of mankind. And But yeah, unless you're arguing that we should all be gardeners, your job doesn't involve, my job doesn't I'm not, have to I'm involve. Not gonna, I'm not going to argue that. I'm I understand. Not, I've nowhere argued that or said anything remotely close. So to given that your gardeners. job does not involve sweating, your brow sweating, there are principles. why do you have to have strong arms? Why do they there have to princi- be stronger than your wife's? Because my job is to protect my wife. And I can't protect... Are there robbers attacking your house every day? Is is there a zombie apocalypse that somebody hasn't told me about? (laughs) 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 I mean, you know, it's easy to to make these generalizations. You're right. Because there aren't robbers robbing our houses every day, then we should just be weak, fat, and lazy because (laughs) there are no imminent threats. We shouldn't be prepared for the possibility of a threat. We shouldn't be prepared for, uh, for risks. We should just be prepared for thing to, things to be as easy as possible all the time and for nothing to ever go wrong. Who cares if, if men are weak? Probably women really think weak men are sexy. <laughs> 
probably uh, those weak men, it's not a problem at all. It's not related or connected to anything else in their lives. It's not connected to the general effeminization of men in our culture. None of it's connected at all because we can't make generalizations, can we, devil? (laughs) Probably there's no connection whatsoever. Probably we're in some evolutionary process where women are becoming stronger than men. (laughs) Probably Wonder Woman is telling the truth. Well, now you're the one that's being unfair and you're making a straw man out of me. I did not say, and I'm not arguing, that men should all just be Cheeto-eating weaklings that are never able to do anything. If what I'm you saying, take from me the ability to make a generalization, that's effectively what you're doing. What I'm saying is that the burden of proof is on you to prove that given my job as a podcaster, I need to be exercising and making my body into something that's capable of doing things besides podcasting. If podcasting, just to I realize I do a lot of other things in my life, but you know what I'm saying. As a as as Nathan Alberson, the cartoon character that just podcasts, that's how I serve the church. That's how I love people. That's what I'm doing. And so I need a body that can do that. You do need a body that can do that. And we actually mentioned at the top of the show the fact that your mental health, your emotional health, your brain health is contingent on your exercise. It is directly connected. If you want to be a better podcaster, if you you think your job is working with words and that means that you don't need to have any kind of physical fitness, that you can just be a fat, lazy slob, then you don't understand the fact that being physically fit actually will improve your ability to work with words. We're not Our brains, our minds, our emotions, our bodies, they're all connected. And God designed us to be that way. We can't live as disembodied brains. The fact is that the the science says, just, just the science, forget the biblical arguments, the science says that if you want to have a good memory, if you want to have a high IQ and not have your IQ drop over time, what you need to do is you need to be exercising. And that doesn't mean you need to spend hours in the gym cultivating a beach body. It just means that you need to go for walks. You need to be doing work around your house. You need to be pushing around some weight. And if you don't have anything naturally in your life that allows you to do that, it wouldn't hurt to go to the gym. And that's just the the scientific side of it. That's not a spiritual side of it. On the one hand, on the other hand, you have the fact that God already tells us this stuff. It's evident in nature. It's evident in the way that he's made us. It's evident just looking at us. So that's not even the the spiritual side of it, but the fact is God made men, and he made men to be strong. You see that in the division of labor. You see that in the commands in the garden to fill and subdue the earth. You see that just sort of intrinsically worked out across human history and across all of scripture. There's just no excuse. There's no excuse for the average man in a society, the average man being weaker than the average woman, or even of equivalent strength. There's just no excuse for that. Something else is going on that is, that's, that's bad. Well, uh, once again, what, what I would say is, yeah, most men are actually bigger than women. I'm not going to argue that that's not the case, but the question that we were actually asking at the beginning of the show and the thing that I'm attacking is the idea that as a man, if I'm not specifically making myself fit, if I'm not specifically doing work to maintain my body beyond just what's necessary for survival and for not 
killing myself? Am I doing something wrong? And I think still, you know, you've thrown some science at me and you've made some, well, I'll, I'll keep using this word because it's our, it's the hot topic. And we may be doing an episode about this not too long from now. You've thrown, you've made some, some Jordan Peterson-esque generalizations about manhood. But what you really haven't done is made any kind of convincing biblical case. Okay, let's say that grip strength is a fruit of the spirit. It's actually not listed as one of the fruit of the spirit. I have to consult my Bible to see if I can uh, remember this correctly, but I don't think it's one of the fruit of the spirits. Ben, can you can maybe look at it? It's not. Up? It's not. Okay. He's going to say it's not one of the fruits of the spirit. Let's say it was. What amount of grip strength equates to godliness, Jake? What's the, st- I should be going to the gym. I should be, uh, I mean, what, what is it that you're actually advocating? Like I, I, I if it, I'm, I'm sinning, if I haven't, if, if, if I don't have uh, muscles that you can feel with your hands, if, 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 if your wife doesn't look at you and say, you can protect me, you big, strong man, then you've done something wrong with your life. You're a bad person. You're, you're wicked. You're a sinner. I mean, is that, is that actually what you're arguing? What it sounds like you're actually doing to me, I mean, we play the role of the devil, but this is really actually something that I'm concerned about. When we start talking about this kind of stuff, I get very uncomfortable because you are immediately skirting the line of binding men's consciences of, oh, well, if you haven't done your curls for today, then I guess you're not godly. And it turns out the Bible just doesn't say a lot. You can, you can make some, maybe I can give you that you can make some very broad, very broad general principles, but it turns out the Bible just doesn't say a whole heck of a lot about it. And so given that we're in a technocracy, that we live in a world where it actually is not required that men have physical fitness, that a lot of, a lot of men, I'll say, should be physically fit, and you need to not make generalizations. You need to not risk binding men's consciences. What good is going to come out of that? You make some some good points. I thought I made some wonderful some fair points. points. Maybe we should go to a commercial and come right back with a response. Yeah, let me gather my thoughts here. All right. Last week, Ben, we talked about your new book, The Power of Positive Calvinism, Seven Steps to Doing What You Were Already Going to Do Anyway. I think that's coming out from Warhorn Media, Jake? No. And my understanding is that you actually have, given the subject of this episode, you've got a spinoff of The Power of Positive That's Calvinism. Right. That's right, Nathan. My, yeah, my new book, The Total Depravity Workout. The Total Depravity Workout. You remember that what my last book taught us was that we can't really do anything to change our spiritual life. You ben, I do remember can't. that. We can't do anything. It's the power of positive Calvinism. Uh, we are only do what we were already going to do anyway. That's exactly right. But on the physical side of things, it turns out you actually can change things. Well, as we'd like to say in the book, you can use your old man to strengthen your outer man. You know why that is, Nathan? It's because you're a selfish, proud, vain jerk. I am a selfish, <laughs> proud, vain jerk. You make a fair point about that. I'm, I'm the same way, believe me. But Wait, Ben, you're putting me on. <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit of an, <laughs> of an overstatement, but the, the point <laughs> is... That's very amusing, isn't it, Jake? No, it's not. <laughs> Ah, but the point is, Nathan, that you're totally depraved. I'm totally depraved. We're all totally depraved. And let's face it, we're all we're always going to be that way. Why not just ride that wave of selfishness to a new level of fitness? All you got to do is you think 
of all the vain things you want, like... A giraffe. I want a giraffe. <laughs> well, that's, that, that might be the subject of my next book, Nathan. But that is, this one, I don't talk about giraffes. Anyway, the point is that you just got to think, you know, I really want to be fit. And I know it's for selfish reasons. And once you're okay with that, it's actually surprisingly easy to start a fitness program. Wow, Jake, this sounds like quite the new uh, fitness philosophy. I sent Jake that manuscript and the copies (laughs) of the DVD weeks ago. He hasn't gotten back to me. That's because I burned it as soon as I saw it. The only burn that I want to feel is the burn in my muscles (laughs) after doing the total depravity workout. (laughs) That's right. You know what the other thing about this, Ben, is since I'm embracing my total depravity, I can set Brad's house on fire. I don't like Brad. Yeah, but but you you only want to use your selfish wickedness for a good goal. Like burning Brad. (laughs) No, no, that's that's not good. That's bad. So it's the total depravity workout. I think that's, is that coming out from warhornmedia.com? No. Someone will publish it. I have a lot of motivation because I find I have a selfish desire to make a lot of money off of this product. (laughs) Some people self-publish. It sounds like you're selfish publishing. Well, I find in myself a greedy desire for a lot of money, and I'm just, so I'm just going to I find in myself a I... desire to break your hands so that you can never type another book <laughs> and set your computer well, on fire. Now someone's getting the spirit of it. And we're back. All right. I'm not playing the devil anymore. Let's respond. I want to say, if I do say so myself, I think the devil actually does make some good points. The devil makes some good points. The, the fact is the Bible doesn't say a lot positively in any way about, about men cultivating strength or anything like that. It's certainly not a verse talking about grip strength. And I get very and, uncomfortable when yeah, it, we were kind of making fun of it in our He-Manologians segment. There is a segment, there is a section of conservative Christianity that wants to equate hoorah masculinity with... Christianity, and it's just like that can be really conscience binding and really well, yeah. And then you get gross. You get a bunch of problems that result from that. So you got you know these men who think they've found masculinity because they repented of video games and bought a, a rack, and then they post all over social media instead of their high scores, they post their squat max, their their deadlift max, you know, or the the latest gains that they've seen. I see this on on uh, social media all the time, where where they re- literally are equating it with godliness. Like I went for a run and did some reps, and I read my Bible. It'll literally be like in a list of you know. Men, I'm never- teach your boys to read their Bible and, and and to have good squat technique. You know, and that's you know that's godliness, and, right? Um, and I get that some of those people are repenting of being wrong in the other direction, maybe, and some of them are just immature. And I don't want to say that's always a hundred percent evil. But it just makes me uncomfortable. So well, yeah. Um, so what happens is you get this sort of machismo in place of manliness, and that's why we don't ever end up saying on this show or anywhere in the Warhorn universe, you know, that men ought to men must be lifting weights. Men must be. We don't come up with lists because the essence of masculinity is is more than those externals. Um, you can be really effeminate, super buff. In fact, a lot of really gay effeminate people are super buff. Actual homosexuals and then also just effeminate dudes who are full of vanity go hit the gym and take the pictures and post about their their gains and mm-hmm. you know their new max. That's just really gay yeah, and effeminate. Ab- absolutely. And so given all that... And so the Bible then does downplay uh, physical strength stuff, right? The Bible does 
downplay that. Mostly when it mentions it in the epistles in the New Testament, at least, it's it's in the context of talking, making a larger spiritual point about our spiritual health. You know, it's like the first Timothy thing that I mentioned. It, bodily discipline is good for a little bit, but spiritual yeah. is that kind of thing. Like I said earlier, it is just appealing to, wait, everybody disciplines their body. <laughs> right. You should discipline your, your soul, your heart, your mind too. So given all that, uh, you know, the devil says you can't make generalizations. Grip strength doesn't equal godliness. There's not really a huge biblical case to be made for this whole thing. What is what is your actual response to this, Jake? I started to go there just a little bit earlier. Uh, I'll go there more now. We live in a culture where, you know, this is a pretty cliche, Jordan Peterson-esque way of speaking, but... I kind of like Jordan Peterson, actually. We'll talk about that more next week, actually. actually. But I think the devil might have been being a little unfair when he's putting you in a box where (laughs) anything you, any generalization you want to make is just you being Jordan Peterson. The fact is, Peter Pan syndrome is a real real thing. Mm -hmm. And our culture is full of young men who, who... live at home and who don't have jobs and avoid marriage. And if they get married, when they finally get married, avoid kids. At every step and every turn, they're avoiding responsibility. That kind of effeminacy is rank. And I think it's just being reflected now in things like grip strength. And so what I want to say to somebody who comes at me with all these objections, really trying to, you can't generalize and we live in a technocracy. Yeah, that's okay. We live in a technocracy. Yeah, you're a computer coder. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, physical strength is not incidental to your line of work. And you do need to be finding a way to provide for yourself and for your family. And and maybe that means long hours coding and you don't get to have the kind of, well, you need to, I want to be able to say to that person, actually, you do need to, you need to take care of yourself. It's part of providing for your wife and your kids. But what I really want to say is the fact is no man who has to feel intimidated by shaking hands with a woman because her grip strength might overpower his really believes those arguments deep down. The the man who is running from responsibility, the man who is so weak that he 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 can't pick up a hammer, he can't he can't help his dad move the sofa, whatever it is. The basic reality of that man's life is that he lives a life full of shame. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like, okay, devil, you win. We won't make any generalizations. I don't think he actually does win, but give it to him. Give everything to the devil. And it's still like, I bet you a hundred bucks that every person listening to this, every man does not in fact have the excuses that the devil is making. I mean, my real response, if I was talking to someone that was saying all the things I was saying earlier is, would, would be something like, okay, how many times did you look at pornography this week? Right. I mean, which is another way of saying, okay, you're telling me that you can bear responsibility without being physically fit. Fine. Are you bearing responsibility? Show me. Show me. And I'm going to bet that if your body looks like you're not bearing responsibility, it's probably because... You're not bearing responsibility yeah. anywhere. In your Sorry life. to say. I think, I think, honestly, that that's just the truth, that as men bear responsibility, they're going to be more physically fit. They're going to be stronger. Jake, my pastor is a big fat guy. Are you saying that I shouldn't submit to him? (laughs) (laughs) Obvious question that people are thinking right now, so let me ask it. Are you saying that means he's not godly? Are you saying my dad wasn't godly because he worked a computer job and watched TV and... Is that what you're saying? 
first of all, when it comes to judging our parents and our pastors and whoever else, let's be, let's have some humility. Let's look for the places that they bear responsibility in their lives. Let's not turn this around and make this a a one-to-one, now we must judge everybody by their physical fitness, not trying to argue that. But even then, when you say my dad is fat or whatever, I kind of want to know what you mean by that. I kind of want to know how you define that. Mm -hmm. Because God makes people of different shapes and sizes. Certain guys can carry a lot of weight and be strong and fit. There's a big difference between slobby, irresponsible, fat, big, just big people, ox of a man kind of people. Yeah. And what you really kind of want to ask is more God's given this man a certain kind of body. Does he live up to his body? Right. <laughs> is he obeying his his body? Does he can he carry the weight that you would expect a man of his size to carry? Yeah. Well, I think about my life. I always really resented this growing up because I'm a big guy, stocky kind of guy, big boned as people like to say, um whatever you want to call it. Like even if I'm fitter than I am now, I'm still just always going to be like a big guy. Um, yeah, I I'm taller than you. Yeah, you're lanky. If you weighed as much as I do, you would look incredibly unhealthy. Yeah, it would be and, ridiculous. Yeah, you're just not made to be that as light as I am. Growing up, I was always tall, a little bit tall and a little bit big for my age. And people always, 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 parents, coaches, teachers, whatever, the gym teacher, they would always expect me to be able to do more physically than I was able to do because I just looked like my body looked more mature than I actually was as a human being. And so I learned early on to really resent that and to really resent my body. It felt like I was betrayed by my body because I was actually less mature and less fit than my body made it look like I was, even though I was a little fat kid. But I looked like a little fat kid that could carry some weight, and I never was. And I really learned to resent that. And I think that that was unfortunate. And I think that I wish that's something that maybe would have been disciplined out of me one way or another. You know, you do these things as a kid that may or may not be sins, but then they become sins as these these patterns just continue into your adult life. I brought that into my adult life, just resenting my body, as I've talked about a little bit in the larger Warhorn universe, maybe on this show before. What I've come to find is as I repent, as I want to take more responsibility, as I want to love people, I actually do want to live up to the expectations that my body creates. I'm a man. I'm a big man. People expect that I can lift a certain amount of couch, say, when I'm helping someone move. I think it's kind of my responsibility to be able to lift that amount of couch. I don't want to get too weird about this, but it seems to me that Jake, because of the ways he's built, people are going to expect him to be quicker. People are going to expect him to be physically adept in ways that they won't expect me. And I almost want to say, I don't know that I want to go quite this far, but I only, what I almost want to say is that Jake's body demands of him a different kind of living up to that body or of living with that body than my body does, than Ben's body does. And that's not to let anyone off the hook or to put undue right. burdens on anyone in either well, direction. Well, e- e- easy. Nobody... We want to be careful in how we talk about this sort of thing because mm-hmm. we really don't want to bind anybody's consciences one way or another. But the fact is, even if you are the fittest Nathan Alberson mm-hmm. and the fittest Jake Minsel, nobody's going to look at you and expect you to beat me in a foot race. No. Right? Probably the fittest Nathan Alberson and the fittest Jake Minsel, nobody's going to expect me to be able to lift more weight, push around more weight than you. 
I don't know. It's one of those weird things. Like what I kept coming back to when we were discussing this issue beforehand is can you make a spiritual generalization about someone if you go to their house and it's messy? Can you say, well, this person obviously doesn't care about themselves. And it's like, ah, there might be a good reason why their house is messy. On the other hand, I bet you if they begin to repent of things like despair and laziness, their house will improve. And it's certainly been, as I've repented of things in my life, the desire for my body to be strong and to be capable and to look good even has increased in some ways. So I don't know quite how to talk about this, but... Well, and you can't talk about it without talking about both sides of it. Because for as many men as there are out there who are just fat, lazy, or scrawny, lazy, Peter Pan's whatever, there's a whole group of, a subset of men who have discovered physical fitness Mm -hmm. and who are just vain. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Right. And he said to, who take, I should take, my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit and I should take care of myself and I'm a man and I'm made to be strong. And they just, they use that to justify spending hours every day in the gym when what they really need to be doing and really cultivating their appearance. And what what they really need to be doing is getting over themselves and just going to work. Yeah, you often talk, because you used to do some bodybuilding in school and stuff, you often talk about the uselessness of the muscles that like uh, Chris Hemsworth or someone is building in some of those movies where we see the real ripped guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, you have to, first of all, distinguish, and a lot of people don't, between bodybuilding and strength training. So bodybuilding is 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 a sport where people cultivate muscles in a way that just is meant to look good and it's mm. not in any way about functional strength. Functional strength is is a very very different thing. But somebody like Chris Hemsworth, for instance, or Chris Evans or any of the Chris's probably. Right. <laughs> All those <laughs> out there in the Chris wars. Pine, <laughs> Evans, Hemsworth. The fact is to be to look like that, what you have to put yourself through is absurd. A guy followed Dwayne Johnson around. Everybody knows who Dwayne Johnson is. He's the, the rock. rock, right? And tried to do everything he did and eat everything that he ate. He eats more than 5,000 calories a day, spread out over seven meals. Each day he eats 2.3 pounds of cod. The rest is eggs, steak, chicken, vegetables, and potatoes, all told about 10 pounds of food a day. In one year, he consumes more than one-third of a ton of cod alone. Seven meals and then snacks in addition. No meal less than 50 grams of protein, most of them in the 70s. So this guy did that, did this for a month. And in that month, he spent $1,200 on food, $42 a day on food. And he worked out like The Rock and he made huge gains in the gym. But what he says is he spent almost three hours a day just shoving food into his mouth. It interrupted every part of his day. Everything became about eating and working out in his life for that whole month. And yeah, he made huge, huge gains in the gym. But my goodness, it's a full-time job. It's a full-time job to look like that man. Right. And, he, you know, maybe he can justify it because his job is to look like him, he the, does. The Rock is providing for his family. <laughs> <laughs> but my goodness, we're not made to be like that. Mm-hmm. Not naturally. Like, you have to be a, a movie star. doesn't really matter because I'll tell you what, The Rock is still standing here like the man and a half that he is. When I was in high school, 
I was strength training. I was powerlifting. I was uh, I played on the baseball team. So I was in the gym five days a week, working out for about an hour to two hours a day in the gym. And I was counting calories and counting protein intake and all that stuff and keeping tabs on. I wasn't anywhere near, you know... <laughs> I couldn't I didn't even know that you could be as obsessive about it as <laughs> as these people are but I knew I needed to hit certain goals if I was going to gain weight and it was really hard for me you know I was I was trying to fight my way up to 175 you know mm -hmm. and and I, I never got you know beyond the mid 160s because it was may, just that may hard. I interrupt here to say poor you <laughs> uh, yeah 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 say poor skinny guy poor Jake couldn't gain weight ah <laughs> <laughs> well it was it was embarrassing and frustrating for me, as a you don't want to be the no, I, I understand the skinny guy, right? You want to you want to put on the weight and uh, build the muscle, and it, you know my, some of my friends it came easy, and I just had to work that much harder to put on the weight. A lot of it was just tied up with performance. A lot of it was also tied up in vanity and wanting to look great or whatever. So my repentance when I became a Christian my senior year meant I stopped. I stopped working out. I stopped caring about my body. I thought it was virtuous to treat my body harshly, as Colossians says. Mm -hmm. I was fasting two days a week and skipping lunch to go down to the library and read my Bible and you know whatever else that sounded or felt spiritual, that's what I was doing. And at a certain point, and I maintained that into college, and at a certain point, I dropped all the way down to 145 pounds. You should not look like that. You should not weigh that. For those who, you know, I'm sure there are pictures of me on, on social media. If you know me, if you've met me, I weigh upwards of 200 pounds between 200. I fluctuate between 200 and 210 pounds right now. So if you look at me now and you think, oh, there's a skinny guy, uh, just imagine me being 50 to 60 pounds lighter. I guess the point of all that was only to say that uh, there are errors on all sides. And what we'd, we don't want to do is the total depravity workout right. where we're <laughs> justifying our vanity because we're supposed to be fit. Right. At the same time, we don't want to deny our manhood. In fact, there's one Bible verse you guys haven't mentioned yet. Uh-oh, what was that? Proverbs 20, 29 says, The glory of young men is their strength. There you go. Hey. And the honor of old men is their gray hair. Young men should be strong. Young men should be it's strong. Your glory. The Bible says so. That is a great verse. Glad that wasn't used on the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so can we? Let's let's. Jake, I'm not the devil anymore, and the devil sucks. So let's just go ahead. Make some Jordan Peterson esque generalizations because I think you actually can make some about this thing. Right? We've said most people listening in their lives will realize that this is not. We're not being dumb when we say you can make some judgments. Men should. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Men should generally be stronger than women. The Duh. average man should be stronger than the average woman. Duh. If you are a man who feels ashamed of himself because he's weak, stop it. Grow up. If you want to sit and you want to whine and say, well, my job is to be a computer programmer and I don't... Stop. Okay, you're not a carpenter. You don't, you're not blue collar. I just, I, we've not even talked about uh, those of our listeners in the trades, but that's because those of our listeners in the trades don't have this problem. Right. <laughs> they can't possibly have this problem and be in the trades. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. You can't be a man in the trades and have grip strength that's weaker than a woman because God made men different. Men have testosterone coursing through their veins. If men are active, men are going to be stronger. But so you don't have any place where you are incidentally because of the nature of your work or whatever, stronger you're out of shape. So just stop. Recognize God made you to be a man. Obey your body. Take steps. 
to become respectably strong, to conform to the expectations that God has placed on you because of your body, to be able to protect and provide and to care and to lift a couch and to to be useful when somebody needs to move, to be useful when you've got some project around the house or somebody else has a project that they want you to be involved in. It is a different day. And that's okay. And it's okay. It just means that we have to adapt. Remember that God made our bodies and our minds to work together. We're not disembodied brains. And if you want to improve at your work with words, at your work with coding, you might want to start taking a walk every night. You might want to start going to the gym every once in a while. It doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a lot. God's made us in such a way, and God's made women in such a way uh, that there's the there are BS detectors about your ability to and your willingness to take care of others, mm-hmm. and that's whether or not you've taken care of yourself. And if somebody looks at you and says, "Huh, that guy doesn't take care of himself. He probably won't take care of me." Maybe that should be a signal to you that something needs to change. Jordan Peterson would probably say that's not a good way to attract the ladies. <laughs> he would say evolution has given women a BS detector. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if we take the Jungian archetype of rituals of passage and da, 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 da. dominance hierarchy, <laughs> dominance hierarchy. Ah, bah, bah. We're, well, that's next week. Uh, so, would we generalize and say that every godly man can never, ever, ever be weak? Nope. Some godly men have cerebral palsy. True. Um, <laughs> would we generalize and say that most godly men will probably have strength that will reflect their godly manhood? Yep. We 100%. would do that. And speaking of manhood, instead of he manologians, I'm thinking we should call it T manologians. T as in testosterone, baby. Ben, what you been so quiet for, bro? Well, Nathan, uh, I was drinking my drink on the rocks and I broke some of my teeth. It really hurts. Because <laughs> they're actual rocks. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out that was a mistake. <laughs> but it was a manly mistake. Yeah, they don't, that is the manliest of mistakes. I'm impressed by the fact that I didn't hear any groans of pain coming from you over there. Good job. I turned off my microphone. Sound of Sanity was engineered by Benjamin Solzer. It was produced by Nathan Alverson. It was executive produced like all fine Warhorn products by Nathan Alverson and Jacob Menzel. Until next time, men, stay sane. And women. Real men don't choose the female characters in those fighting video games, only the male ones. That's my point. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds like it's from the most terrible episodes of Sound of Sanity. (laughs) 